Okay. Alright, so I'm pretty sure you got I'm pretty sure you got your thoughts. I got mine. And welcome to the review of night two of WrestleMania 38. Mm. So, how'd you feel watching WrestleMania before we get into it? Mostly positive. So, I'm going to say that it felt like WrestleMania. Yeah. So, I, you know, there's a lot more that I enjoyed than what I hated. I agree. So... I'm not going to be super negative on this one because overall, WrestleMania has been great. I will say that I think night one was better than night two again, but only slightly. Yeah, I'm going to have to say the same thing. Um, I really couldn't find anything wrong I really couldn't find anything wrong with uh, night two, but I like you said, I think night one was better, in my opinion. In my opinion, and uh, there was a lot, there were a lot of hilarious parts as well too. At least for me, uh, that's one way to put it. Yeah, yeah, there were some hilarious parts. There were, there's a lot. There, there's just a lot. Yeah, so I say we just go ahead and get right into it. Yeah, so quick notes, you know, the opening of rest of night two was Triple H for the first time being in an arena since his health issues. Yeah. Um, kind of basically giving us one last entrance and putting his boots while- in the middle of the ring. Yeah, uh, which is an old school tradition to let you know people know that he's done. And I'll say this: I am a Triple H fan, even though I recognize he was never the top talent. He was the guy that worked with the top talent, so you know he was the guy that works with the guy that draws the money. And I will right. stand by that. And his reign of terror from two thousand two to two thousand and five definitely set the fucking business back quite a bit as far as you know the product of WWE and ability to get other people over um yeah that was like for me the worst period of wrestling like don't get me wrong I was a fan at the time but that was the era in which Smackdown was better by far even though you know Raw always had the higher ratings Smackdown had the better quality it had a more diverse, you know, main event scene. And you know, it wasn't one guy with a stranglehold on the WWE title from 2002 to 2005. You had Brock, you had Taker, Angle. you had Angle, you had Big Show. You had you saw the beginnings of Edge, you know, getting to main event status. Eddie because you had Eddie actually as champion in 2004. Yeah. You know, you you had more actually when diversity. Edge came back in two I was going to say when Edge came back in 2004, he was on Raw. Yeah. 
I'm talking about prior to that because he was originally on SmackDown and he did in yeah, fact have at least two WWE title shots. His main event push was starting on SmackDown and then he unfortunately broke his neck. Right. So I was able to say it. You, you saw the beginnings of him being a main event star because Brock did not beat him clean when he defended the title against Edge. It was a fuck finish. I just watched it not too long ago. Ed, and Big Show defended it against Edge, and it was a fuck finish because Paul Heyman had to interfere, A-Train had to interfere. Edge was coming into his own, and then that feud with Eddie Guerrero really put him at the top, and then he broke his neck in that match. And then they moved him over to Raw. Whatever. Point being, you know, aside from that, when Triple H stepped away after Batista took the belt off him, and when he came back... You know, it was a bit of, of a breath of fresh air. And, you know, Cena was at the top at this point. So it's like, okay, Triple H finally moved away and, you know, was able to do the DX thing and it actually revitalized him for a while. It made him fun again. And, you know, looking objectively, Triple H was always a really good promo. He'd be a little bit rambling, a little bit long. Sometimes it's like, okay, dude, get to the fucking point. But he had... Better comedic timing than most of the guys, all of the guys nowadays. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> he had believability in shit that he did, too. Right. So he was good at selling you on a match, but it was, you know, it was always Rock and Austin and Cena and Batista that really drew the fucking money. Well, more so Cena than Batista. But... That being said, you know, having watched him since he came in in WWE in 96, I think. Um, yeah, 96. All the way through, it is kind of another reminder of, and I realize I'm 34 years old, I don't give a fuck, but it is kind of another of the last vestiges of my childhood as a wrestling fan that is now no longer wrestling. And this was an appropriate send-off. He didn't try to do a promo for real this time. He just, he did his entrance, which he's always had one of the best fucking entrance musics, regardless of how yeah, much you really want him to get the fuck off your screen. That music. It got my attention. The game would get my attention. Precisely. Because it's and like, you know, something is about to go down. Something about to get real. Whatever it was, Triple H's music had your attention. Exactly. So this was a nice send-off for him. Um, and it was short and to the point. Like, the longest part was actually his walk to the ring and around and pose and all that. But he didn't do a promo for real. He just said a quick little line, the welcome to WrestleMania thing, left his boots in the mic in the ring and headed backstage. And off we are to the first match on this card. Which was the raw tag team titles. Tag team titles. <sighs> yep. Now, for me, it wasn't nothing egregious in this match. I just didn't give a I, fuck. Yeah, I wasn't really invested, but I couldn't. I didn't see anything offensive. I will say this though. Randy Orton's RKO out of nowhere has gotten so fucking predictable because people have to go out of their norm to feed their head to him. Yeah. That Riddle's RKO on what's his face was that 
I think that was Montez Ford. Yep. Yeah. His was more of an out of nowhere, and it looks more impressive than the one that Randy Orton immediately followed up with. On Chad Gable. Yep. Because, you know, Riddle did a whole springboard process into it yeah. versus Gable literally like, dude, you know, it's not like he does a diving headbutt or a frog splash or anything like that. So you oh. had to feed yourself. And it's so obviously scripts that it was just a setup for Orton to hit the RKO. I'm actually sick of his RKOs out of nowhere because they're not out of nowhere anymore. No, you, if you can see what Orton's positioned and whoever he about to hit it on, you know, it's coming. Pretty much, and obviously, and yeah, and obviously cool. that was the end. Yep, yeah, and it's really getting, it's really getting tiresome. Like either just Wait. hit the bitch straight up, or find a way to hit it that isn't so obviously like okay, you need to hit it on me doing a dive, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do a dive that I never fucking do, and I'm gonna stick my head out. Oh, oh shit, we got a message. Hang on. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, first of all, holla at your boy Quavo. It's your boy Quavo. The rest of the Ranger on stereo. Um, second of all, what the hell was that last match? Masuda. <sighs> why, bro? <sighs> Roman, why, bro? Why can't you just be better? Why can't you be better, Tribal Chief? Just... <sighs> No, bro. Just be better, bro. Like, how you gonna end the match with a spear, though? A spear? That's all you... What? To, to take out the beast incarnate, bro? Come Ugh. Anyways, back to with you, your regularly scheduled program. What's going on, Jeremy? Draco? Holla at your boy Quavo. Hope y'all having a great night. Oh, what's okay, going bye. on? And we'll get to that. Uh, my you, one question to you was, how in the French fried city fuck did you expect Roman to get a win? But we'll get to that, reviewing that match in order. Right. Um, as far as this Raw tag title match, um, I mean, it was what it was. It was boring to me. Like, I missed the opening part of it, and I don't give a shit. I did not give enough of a fuck to go back and watch it. I came in towards the end. And I'm like, okay, I saw what I saw, and... Oh, yay, RK bro retains. I don't give a fuck anymore. And then there had to be an afterbirth. Gable Stevenson, the number one draft pick for Raw, who at some point is going to make his debut. NCAA heavyweight champion. I guess he's still in college. Here is my problem with this overhyping of this. Y'all are setting him up. But if he don't have the fucking personality to go along with that af- that athletic ability, it's not going to work. He's attractive enough. Mm-hmm. He, he's athletic enough, clearly. But does he have the personality, and I have not seen fuck all from him yet, for y'all to hype it in this way. I get the, the gold medal shit and all that. That's, that's great. It's fantastic. Lovely. But in wrestling, if you don't have fucking personality... And this is in any wrestling, whether you call it sports entertainment or wrestling, it's all the fucking same. It's you're not gonna go but so far if you're, you know, a dry ass, boring ass personality, and we've we've not seen anything from him. Y'all are hyping him up off this legitimate ability, which is great, but I think you're overdoing it at this point. I think you know, until 
he debuts and we can see, you know, what all can he do. And frankly, just because he's a very good amateur wrestler does not in and of itself mean that he will be a good pro wrestler. Yeah. Um, just because you participate in one combat sport, that don't translate to professional wrestling. Look at Wanda. True. And furthermore, I will also say this about the ending. Um, Street Profits. Y'all just lost that match, and now we're going to get up and we're going to celebrate with the guys that won the match. I understand that y'all are still babyface, but it makes you look stupid. Y'all have consistently been on the losing end when challenging for the tag titles again. And after getting beat, even though you didn't get pinned, you get up and celebrate with the champs who just beat y'all to, to, to keep their belts. Stop that shit. Been a good Stop making that probably, your baby face look stupid. That's who? That, that is stupid. You don't celebrate with the guys that just beat you when the titles are the one fucking thing that are they're supposed to mean everything to you as a wrestler. That's your goal is to be champion. So I'm not going to get to fuck up and congratulate you, especially when you didn't even fucking pin me after RKOing me off the fucking top rope to, to keep the belts. No. Frankly, I mean, I know why y'all didn't turn them heel here, but I would have fucking turned them heel. That's what I was about to say. That would have been a great opportunity for a heel turn. And don't go and do it tomorrow night because at that point it's too fucking late. It doesn't have the it's same funny. impact. If y'all were going to do it, you should have pulled the trigger here. Instead, y'all wanted to give Gable Stevenson his moment, which is what it was. It's cool. He has a very nice belly belly suplex. I'll give him that. Um, look, very nice everything. Yeah. yeah. Look, obviously, he's very green. So... The one thing that I'm concerned with from what, how I saw that was how Chad Gable landed more on his side than on his back. Oh, so man. he clearly needs a little bit of work. But other than that, you know, he has clearly he, you know, he has potential. So I just want to see where it goes without y'all constantly hyping up. Oh, yeah, we signed him and he's coming. Bitch, tell me when he get there. I don't give a fuck anymore. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like they've been pushing fucking. And I know neither of us give a fuck. They've been talking about Veer's coming, Veer Mahan's coming to Raw. Veer Mahan's coming to Raw, and they've been talking about it for like six months. Side note, Vince McMahon, stop splitting up tag teams and then wondering why the fuck your tag team division sucks. Veer and whoever the fuck his brother or whatever he is, you split them up for no reason because there's no personality between the two of them. You haven't or had them to show anything to be splitting them the fuck up. So you should have kept them together, fired Jinder Mahal because he fucking sucks, <laughs> and then you would have another tag team in your division that is currently weak as shit. I'm still wondering I'm how Jinder Mahal gonna, has I'm a job. Gonna, and I'm not going to say that AEW is beating you in this because technically their tag team division sucks ass too. But you <laughs> could be so much better. Stop fucking splitting up teams for the for the, this idea that you've given yourself that everybody has to be an individual superstar. No, that's never been how it worked, Vince. I don't know what the fuck your problem is with tag team wrestling, but guess what? Some people are only ever supposed to be in tag teams. Look at the Usos. Yes, Jay did very well for that short-term program with Roman, but he was never going to be a solo star because you can't fucking tell him apart from his brother. I don't give a shit that they're fraternal. They look alike. 
I can't mm-hmm. tell the difference. I don't know which one is which, and I don't give a shit. There are some people that are meant to be tag wrestlers. Yeah. A lot of now, But let's move on to the next match, and I'm going to cuss you the fuck out. What are you talking about Bobby Lashley versus your favorite giant? Look here, you big Popeye motherfucker. <laughs> what you're not finna do is sit here and troll me over this big clumsy clock. <laughs> now <laughs> I am going I to disagree. <laughs> With some opinions that I saw that 30 seconds in the match had already gone on too long. <laughs> this had, this is match not had, He isn't. He sucks. Still sucks, even after a year. However, from a booking standpoint to the moron running the pro wrestling spotlight page, oh, God. you don't... On Which WrestleMania. One? Which one? JJL? JJL? Yeah, yeah, that's the AEW mark. I hate. I despise him. He gets on my fucking nerves. He gets on my fucking nerves. So to that particular individual, dude, you don't book a WrestleMania match, no matter how shit-tacular Omas, 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 dumbass um, is. You don't book it for 30 seconds. No, no one wanted to really see the match, but guess what? It got a pop from the crowd because of who Lashley is. And it gives you a way to reestablish Bobby Lashley's dominance because somebody has got to challenge for the fucking world title. So we need contenders that can go against either one because at this point in the show, we didn't technically know who the fuck was going to win. Yeah. Now that being said, the match itself could have been worse. It wasn't good. But Lashley Bobby Lashley what he could. He, he did. did. He, he, pulled, did. he pulled what he could out of Omos. Here is my thing. Because Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Nick Khan, and whoever the fuck else is making these decisions. Omos is so goddamn sloppy. That he couldn't Ugh. even toss Bobby into the fucking corner right. Lashley legitimately seemed to... His head went backwards and hit the top of the ring post. Lucky for y'all, Lashley's a tough motherfucker and didn't get completely disoriented. But I got this, big, this big clumsy motherfucker could have seriously hurt him because Bobby's having to trust this big bastard he could have hurt him. He could have gave him an actual concussion. He could have damn near killed him with the way that he did that. Yeah, he this hit the back of his not, head. Yes, this is never someone that you should have ever brought onto television, period. He should not even be in NXT. He is horrid. I don't give a fuck how nice he is behind the scenes or whatever the fuck. He is horrid in the ring. He's actually just as sloppy as the great Colleen. He needs to go back to the PC. He needs to go back and to the Performance Center and do not fucking bring him out until A, he knows how to take a bump. 
B, he knows how to put people in the right place in the ring when he's been told where the fuck to put them and how to do it without dropping them. Or without damn near fucking killing them. <sighs> Thankfully, Bobby Lashley got the win in this one because I was kind of scared that they would do some stupid shit and give yeah, Omos the victory. And he's horrible. Get him the oh. fuck off my screen. Do not bring him back. Do not continue any rivalry between him and Lashley. Get him the fuck Please. away. He need he needs to go clean the fuck away. I was scared. I was scared that that Omas gonna be the next contender. Omas don't need no singles titles. He don't even need to win the twenty four seven title. He just need to go the fuck away. Exactly. Um, and I think. From my looking at it, as we all wonder, why the fuck did we give Lashley, you know, to Omas? There are probably at this point only two people in the company that would be strong enough to manhandle Omas to get him and move him in the ring where they need him to go. Lashley and Lesnar. Nobody else left in the company right now would be strong enough, smart enough, ring savvy enough to be able to get him where he needed to be to do whatever the fuck he has to do. If need be, Lashley could absolutely have knocked that big motherfucker out. I really wish he would have. It was a couple of things that I noticed in there where it's, first off, we know Lashley was leading that match. Even though he was the baby face this time, he was leading this match because he was a veteran. And... After he hit his head, you know, I, I think Lashley was like, all right, look, damn it, you're not going to do that shit to me again. And who else in the company would have the strength, the force, the knockout power to actually be able to, you know, pop back up and be like, okay, look here, if you fucking drop me again or move me the wrong way again, I'm just going to have to kick you in the face. You know, I think Lashley was trusted in this in this situation simply because he's strong enough to be able to move the guy where he needs to go. And we got a but, message. Thank God it's over. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Did you guys see Bobby Lashley punch Omas in his cock? No. Wait. No, what? Okay, I'm going to have to go I back and watch this. Now I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I must have missed that part. I did see, you know, I could tell that the, throughout the whole thing, Lashley was the one leading that match. Like I said, like he, and it's clearly because he's more experienced and strong enough where if Omos wasn't going to move where he needed him to move, he could actually physically shove him and Omos was going to move. Um, all I can say is Lashley did the best that he could do with this cavalcade of fuck up. And it was the right choice for Lashley to go over. Thank God. And like I said, I personally speaking, I want Omos to go away. He needs to go back Please. to the performance center, not NXT. He needs to go back to the performance center because he's not good. He was not ready for any form of television. Oh fuck no! If he were in AEW, I would be burying AEW. I would be burying Tony Khan for booking this motherfucker. So I'm gonna bury Vince the same way. Just because they're big does not mean they'll be an attraction. Does not mean that they're good in the ring. Does not mean that they are worthy of being on TV. Fuck no! And why you added a moss? Take command to sneeze with you. Because he shouldn't. 
he, he that's another that's for another time yeah let's move on to the next match so next one is the Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville match <laughs> that was a bur- I'm sorry that match was a barrel of laughs I don't watch Jackass. I have never watched Jackass a day in my life. Oh, shit. We got another message. Hang on. Dude, that match was funny as F, dude. Bro, I was really entertained, dude. Like I said, that match, I agree. That match was a barrel of laughs. Because I didn't. And it was a no, it was a no disqualification match. I don't give a fuck. Anything goes, motherfucker. You could have just said no hose barred. But I did not expect Johnny Knoxville to do German suplexes, wrist locks, or whatever. But I did expect he did a vertical Wait, suplex, not a grammar. He did Man. a vertical, not a grammar. No, I'm just saying. I said I didn't expect him, but. I wasn't expecting him to be all technical or what the fuck ever. But he, you know, and I liked how he took bumps. And again, this was somebody else. This was somebody else who looked better than the Miz. And I'm not being funny. I'm dead serious. Well, let's put it this way. I know what Jackass is. I have watched parts of it in the past when it originally came out. I always thought it was fucking stupid. I still think it's fucking stupid. But given the nature of what they do, it's kind of natural for them to be able to take bumps because they don't give a shit. No, I mean, I've seen clips, but I've never watched a full episode of Jackass. I've watched watched enough. But I've seen what they do, though. Knowing what we know about what they do, it makes sense that he would be able to bump just fine. And frankly, I think Sami Zayn was throwing live rounds. Because that's, you know, since they're not technically trained for this, it looked to me like them kicks that Sami Zayn was doing, he didn't hold shit back. He actually kicked them fuckers in the face. Because that was what they would have needed in order to understand what they were supposed to do. Yeah, like he kicked that, he booted that midget square in the face and looked like he didn't hold back. Not at all. And he, and that's, he and Johnny Knoxville dead on with that hello book. Yeah. And that, you know, that makes sense to me. And it was what it was. Now, did I ever really want to see this match, especially on a WrestleMania? No. Do I think that they no. could have threw this match away on a random Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown? Absolutely. Was it kind of funny to watch? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. The um, mousetrap table. Yeah. The mousetrap I mean, table and all the, other ga- and all the other jackass gadgets. Yeah, I mean, and considering who they were, it made more sense. So you don't really, I didn't really look at this from a wrestling standpoint. This was a celebrity match with the guys from Jackass doing Jackass shit that they do. And Sami Zayn really didn't get hurt by taking the loss here. Nah. Um, It was what it was. It, hopefully it's fucking done now, but. Um, I think so. I yeah, mean, most, Johnny Knoxville won, most, so yeah. I do. I did notice that it, it seemed like the mousetrap, the big one, did not work the way it was supposed to. But Johnny Knoxville knew enough to to make it work. 
to go in and, and switch it around because I think he was trying to work it from the back and it didn't snap like it was supposed to. So he just right. moved something around in the front and brought it over. Which is a level of professionalism that most wrestlers wouldn't fucking have. So it is what it is. Um, I mean, and then, you know, give Sammy a way out. He can be like, you know, you couldn't beat me one-on-one. It took five of you fuckers to do it. And you had to use a big mouse trap with a huge metal bar to hold me down to pin me. Actually, yeah. this allows Sammy to get more heat later. So, um, I'm all right with it. I can live with this. Now, Howdy. next up is the women's tag titles. Uh, uh, Corey Graves. I, I, I won't say this. The match itself, I'm perfectly okay with. The women did I'm their okay thing. With the end result. Yeah, the women. I. The, it was a good match. It was and a good was, match, and they managed to hide the deficiencies of Carmella and Liv Morgan very well. Yeah. Liv did the one thing that she's still really good at. She can sell. So when it was time for her to get her ass kicked, she did that very well. She didn't do too much off the wall shit that, you know, trying new shit like she was doing in her singles matches. This was a good way to kind of hide where she's bad at. And Carmella just sucks. So, but let's talk about this commentary. Let's let's talk about Corey Graves. Shut the, Shut fuck, the up. fuck up. First of all, go get punched in the face. Something, anything. We all but we I, get that you're fucking we get, her. We get that you're about to marry her. But what you need to get is that we don't give a shit. Even if we exactly. used to like Carmella, you make her less likable. And I don't mean as a heel, I mean as a fucking human being. I want yeah. you off my screen. I don't know who, I don't know why Vince and Kevin Dunn are allowing you to ramble on and on and on and on in commentary the way you are, but someone needs to pull you to the side and say, hey, jackass, yes, the world knows that y'all, y'all are married, but unless we are putting y'all in the storyline together, shut the fuck up. Please. Take a note from Renee. When she was doing commentary when Dean Ambrose was there, she did not comment on their shit until she was forced into their storyline. So she never said, my husband this, my husband that, my husband, my husband, my husband. No. Because there was no need. We got a message. It was point. Yep. I think every one of those women absolutely did great in that match. You know, there's like a bunch of like spots that were like really well done, in my opinion. Also, leave my man Corey Graves alone, man. Oh, did you guys see the wardrobe malfunction that happened? Wardrobe. Um, if he's talking about the wardrobe malfunction from last night, I don't know. For, yeah. Furthermore, we're not leaving Corey Graves alone. He's horrible. Okay, he is the drizzling shits as an announcer in any as announcing, but he gets, he gets mm-hmm. even more egregious when dealing with Carmella. And He's a drizzling shits as a human being. Yeah, honestly. So I can't. Oh, uh, he he irks me to the point where it's like I don't want to deal with your match. And I know somewhere deep down he thought, well, I'm helping add to the story because when you know when she finally lost, thank God. 
you know, he's like, well, what are we supposed to do for our honeymoon? Bitch, y'all get paid the fucking same, regardless of whether you win or lose. That ship sailed years ago, motherfucker. So we don't really need you to play up the, oh, well, she lost, so now we don't get as much money. Bitch, you get paid the same, regardless of whether you win, lose, draw, get counted out. We don't give a fuck. Shut up. However. Just go the fuck away. The rest, mm -hmm. but my overall thing was the right people won. I really wanted Sasha and Naomi to win, and a lot of pe a couple of people I saw disagree with me on that one. And I, to them, I say, why? Naomi deserves more than what she's been getting. Yes, she's had exactly. two SmackDown Women's title runs, but then y'all stuck her in a go nowhere team with Lana of all people, so she never got to win the tag titles there. She's not going to be going for the SmackDown women's title anytime soon because the Charlotte and, and uh, Ronda thing Ronda. ain't done yet. So Sasha needs to stay away from Charlotte. So what better way than to give them the tag titles, maybe have them defend them a little bit better, you know, and it keeps that gives you time to play out the Ronda and, and Charlotte shit at the top while Sasha is still prominently featured. Naomi is prominently featured. And, you know, you can do something with this women's tag division that has been lackluster the past several months because half the, the fans forgot that Zelina and Carmella were even the fucking champs. I damn near forgot that there were women's tag team titles. I can't make that claim because I do play the game a lot, so therefore I remember that they're a thing. But yeah, if it wasn't for the I game, did, for, about, for about two weeks, I did forget that Carmella and Zelina were the champs. And... They were such a random and unnecessary team anyway. Yeah. At least Sasha and Naomi have the built-in backstory because they were legitimately a team and team bad when Sasha was brought up to the main roster. Her, Naomi, and Tamina. That being said, I also kind of like Rhea and Liv together. I, don't yeah. want, I, I didn't want them to win tonight, but I could have dealt with them winning if not Sasha and Naomi. I kind of dig it. So being that I doubt that Becky is done in the main event, so we're going to get another Bianca and Becky match probably after this. And if not her, it'll probably be Bailey. You know, yeah. that I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't object. Morgan. Yeah, I wouldn't object to them staying in the tag division and, you know, make that work. And then that, that, that's an interesting matchup. So that could be interesting. I was happy with the results of this. I just fucking hate Corey Graves on commentary. Blame her. Um. Man. Okay. Now, so the next match was a match I didn't really give a fuck about. No, it wasn't. It was the AJ and Edge match. Oh. Oh, I forgot See, the. Order. This is why I wrote things down. I did, your ass just fucked up the whole order. Next was AJ and Edge. The match after this was the one you didn't give a fuck about. But let's talk yeah, about well, AJ and Edge first. That was the match I gave the most fucks about. Yeah, so uh, that was the point next. Damn. First of all, Edge's entrance and the new name, his Inferno Majesty. At his ringer matched his new name, fucking Purple Flames. Purple Flames in the entrance video, Purple Flames on the tights. And then his entrance was symbolic of the mountain of omnipotence him sitting on his mountain of omnipotence god 
And, you know, I have been seeing, because I don't watch Raw on a regular, so I've been seeing some people complain about the change in Edge's gimmick, and I look at it this way. This looks like a combination of who he's always been, you know, as far as the Radar Superstar and all that shit, and bringing in his connection from the brood. Again. Instead of doing the full brood entrance, he just melded it a little bit, so it seems just a hint of Undertaker-ish with the lighting. Yeah. So, considering he would technically be considered a protege of the Undertaker, this makes sense for him, and he's doing something different. It works for me. It clicks for me. I like the music too. Yeah, they were all the last entrance music, but I love the music before the last music too. So, the Rob Zombie thing. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, personal favorite, but. For what he's doing right now, this theme makes sense. And then You thought you knew me. Yeah, it was like, uh, you thought you knew me, you never did. Yeah, so then there's the match itself. Hey, comment. Yo, Edge's attire, dude, bro. That was like mwah, dude. They gotta make an action figure of that, you know, man. I'm gonna go look for it on Community Creations once this is over. Uh, as far as action figures, give them two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> give them give them about two weeks tops because clearly with the, how the match ended, we know there's more coming with this. So mm-hmm. this match though was great. Beautiful. It was slower than I think most people were expecting it to be, but it worked. Because it was better storytelling. Yeah. And just like Cody Rose and Seth Rollins, they each picked the body part and focused on it. Like AJ Styles chose the left knee and Edge chose AJ's shoulder. And ribs. And yeah, and ribs. And I mean that that's been missing a lot. And then it's like you know, they had their moments. Edge is very good at everything that he does. It, it, oh, this yeah. has actually been a reminder, this run, of how good Edge really is. Because if you thought he was just the guy that, you know, did the cheating shit and then, you know, spears you and all that. Well, now, you know, he's worked in, you know, that more technical aspect and he does it so well. You know, and he pulls moves, obviously, from from his previous feuds. So the crossface is not yeah. necessarily not to Daniel Bryan. It's clearly one to Chris Benoit, but you can say Daniel Bryan if it makes you feel better. Right. You know, we've seen him, you know, go for different things that, you know, it just kind of are throwbacks to previous feuds that he's had before. And while he, still doing and his he, own tip. Yeah, and then he's even added stuff over the last, this run, like over the last couple of years, like, First, he had that ele- he had that like, elevated triangle choke when he was feuding with Randy Orton. Then he was using that he was using the crossface, and then he was using a bull he was using a bulldog choke as his finisher. And he also, you know, slipped on this match. He used the cross arm breaker. Yep. And never, you know, Alberto Del Rio. Whatever. So. We know, you know, it, this match was just so good because it flowed so well. 
He knew when to speed things up a little bit. Him and AJ both know exactly when to speed things up, and he and they know how to slow it back down. You know, ebb and flow. Everything is not supposed to be spot, 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 spot with no selling. There's plenty yeah. of selling here. There was a story to be told here. Some it was young wrestler and you know AJ is the fiery baby face out for revenge. Yep. Oh, and here's the here's the best. Here's the best part. Here's some all you young motherfucker, all you young motherfucking wrestlers need to learn. Not every match needs a spot on the apron. So that super, so that superplex on the apron by AJ Styles was the only one, and it was the only one in the match, and it was the only one in the show. So I'm gonna need for y'all yep. young wrestlers to learn that. And that meant that it meant something. And I will say, when I saw them start that spot, I was scared for a moment that they were actually mm-hmm. going for a superplex directly on the floor. And with Edge's previous neck issues and how big no. he just got fucked up, I was like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. So when he went to the apron, I was like, oh, thank God. And ow, that looked like that fucking hurt because the way that how Man. hard he hit, I was like, shit. Yeah, I mean, the apron is supposed to be the hardest spot of the ring. I mean, man, I felt my back. Man, I felt that shit in my back. Like, I had sympathetic pain for both of them. Like, I yeah. winced. And, you know, the, I just, I enjoyed the whole damn buildup of the match up and, you know, and I enjoyed the ending because it worked. Here is the thing that I knew. Aside from the rumors, the Edge was starting a stable. Damien Priest had done an interview months ago sometime last year, where he said the one thing that he would really love to do would be to tag team with Edge. And there it is. And the way that they did it was kind of subtle. So, you know, we never saw that movement, you know, for us watching at home of him getting down to the ring. Just all of a sudden, AJ keeps is looking over to the side and there's Damian Priest. Yep. And then right when AJ Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, bam, he gets spurred. That ends the one, match. Two. Yep, one, two, three, and then Damian Priest and Edge, they looking at each other, kneeling and laughing. So, I'm interested to see where this goes because we know Damian Priest has been healed for a little while now, you know, but, and uh, there was a slow build to him turning heel. Yep. Now Which it's is, like, where, where are they going to go? Obviously, the AJ thing is not done, so there's going to be more with that. But who does man. does AJ bring in somebody to try to help? It, that would be Finn Balor. Yeah, I was just about to say. Speaking of Finn Balor, last I remember, Damian Priest was feuding with Finn Balor. Oh, and technically, I think they kind of put that on hold, but he can come back because Finn Balor beat him for the title. Whatever. What the matter is, yeah. now we have something intriguing to go off of. We know at some point there's going to be a rematch, but they're going to go straight to another one-on-one rematch. Are they going to go with a, a tag match first at, at Backlash and then whatever the fuck the next pay-per-view is after that, do the one-on-one rematch? Like, how are we going to do this? Because Edge is really good with his storytelling. Edge oh, has yeah. always been one... My, for me, he was always one of my favorite heels. While I love him I as like babyface, he was so damn good as a heel. And either way, you know, like, I was really upset when he was forced to retire, man. Like, that hurt my fucking feelings. So oh, I was the... 
you know, when he finally popped back up, you know, in 2020 or whatever at, at that rumble, and we're just like, holy shit, I was cheering in my own damn house. So this is Edge as I love to see Edge doing his heel stuff and telling stories and building up of an actual feud. And I'm interested to see where it goes. And Edge, that's another, that's another nigga that can get my attention. Like whatever, anything Edge does, heel or babyface, in my opinion, will always have my attention because I'll be want, like I'll be wanting more. Like he'll le- Edge leaves people wanting more, in my opinion. Like okay, so he it, like when he hit AJ with that concerto after AJ accepted his challenge, I'm like, where's this gonna go? How's this gonna go down? I'm like, God damn it, man! I gotta wait. I gotta wait till next week to catch these clips on YouTube. Fuck. Cause I don't watch Raw. I do not watch Raw or SmackDown. I just catch the results. But I might tune in to Raw tomorrow. I there's a lot of shit that I want to see how it goes. I want to see. You know what Cody says with his first live mic in WWE in, in six years. I want to see what he has to say. I want to see where this Edge storyline goes. Likewise, I, you know I want to see how they're going to address. Well, we'll get to the world title situation in a minute, but yeah. I, I, I did a lot of shit that I want to see. So I might, to, and it's the Raw after WrestleMania. So I might actually, you know, take some time and, and take a look at this and see. You know where, where we're going, who's doing what. You know, I'm interested. That being said, let's move on to the next match so we can bury this shit real quick. Oh God, this was the I don't give a this was the I don't give a fuck match. Uh, wasn't this uh the two cones versus the three pasty white guys? <laughs> well, the three three pasty European guys or what? What the fuck ever? What? Whatever. White guys. Yes. Yeah. Um. This was the New Day versus Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and I'm Pete Pete Dunn, D- I'm a fucking calling I'm Bush. not calling him Butch. Fuck that shit. You are First Pete off, Dunn. I'm gonna I'm just gonna bury this whole damn thing real quick so we can get past it. First problem, it was too damn short. It is disrespectful. Secondly, the wrong fucking team won. Thirdly, Pete Dunn, sit your dumb ass down. You actually look like a blithering fucking moron now. Them stupid ass pants, some stupid ass suspenders, and this stupid ass gimmick sucks. Seamus having to hold this look. What the fuck? What the fuck was this entire match? If y'all were going to give them this little time, y'all might as well have just cut it all together because nobody gave a shit about this match anyway. But to put them on the fucking card after they were supposed to be on night one, moving them here, giving them was this match even five minutes long? And mm, then Ray Holland gets the fucking pin. So we're rewarding the sloppy dumb motherfucker that just broke your former WWE champion's neck. Pretty much. Pretty I'm much. So basically, so basically, New Day don't get don't get revenge for Big E. Even though you know to their cleverness, they dressed like Big E or whatever. This match was rushed. It was stupid. It sucked. The whole premise of it sucked. The, the ending sucked. The aftermath sucked. Fuck this entire feud and get it off my screen. And Sam P. Dunn back down to NXT. God. 
Right. Okay. Oh. So now that I've buried that. The next match was the Austin Theory and Pat McAfee match. Oh, we have a message. Play the message. Okay. Let's play the message. One minute and 40 seconds long. That's how long the match was, actually. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Because I knew it was short as fuck, but like, I was so enraged watching it that I couldn't tell how short it was. I just knew it was short as shit. Yeah. God, that's horrible. So let's move on to the Pat McAfee and Austin Theory match and shit. And again, Pat McAfee looked better than The Miz. This match was actually not bad. I liked liked, I liked the match, and I even liked the ending, because I did not want Austin Theory to win. I think it's really too soon for him to be pushed as hard as he is. Yeah. Uh, And then they had to kind of sort of fuck it up, but just to give us a moment. So... We get the competitive match, and they're you know playing up that Austin Theory is technically accurately more experienced in ring than Pat McAfee is. That is technically true, um, yeah. but it was good. Pat McAfee didn't try to do anything that it did not make sense for him to do. No, there was I, no fucking Canadian he... destroyer in this match. Oh, some else, y'all young motherfuckers need to learn. Wasn't no tope suicidas. Wasn't no super kicks. None of that. It, this match was a bit more of a fight, which made more sense. And Pat exactly. McAfee got the win, you know, after we kind of, you know, I really thought I was going to give Austin Theory to win here. I was like, okay, seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was definitely a fight. I could tell by Pat McAfee's ringer. He looked like he was coming to fight, not to wrestle. Yeah, whatever. So the match itself was actually pretty damn good. It was entertaining. We He got the win. And then all of a sudden, Pat McAfee is calling out the boss. And so I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to bury some people online for some comments that they made. First off, Vince McMahon is 76 fucking years old and mm-hmm. still moves better than people half or a quarter of his age. Because let's face it, yeah. he made that entire walk down that ramp doing his best power walk and still wasn't tired, wasn't breathless or whatever. Yes, he has shrunken a bit because he's older. Yeah. He pushing 80. However, Vince McMahon is still clever enough when he did when he decided to do this match. He knew better than to try to do most of the shit that he used to do. So he did very simple shit. A clothesline slamming his head into the buckle, which looked more convincing than half of the wrestlers when they do it. Yeah. And then he cheated. He's a 76-year-old man that's a heel. Damn it, he's, he wasn't going to beat Pat McAfee straight out in a fight. So, yes, Austin Theory kept interfering. Exactly. Play the message. Okay, this is going to be my last comment, but the whole match and segment almost got ruined for me because of how Vince McMahon sold that stunner. Like, I was laughing my ass off, dude. Okay, see ya. Peace. He's 76. Uh, yeah. He's 76. And that's just one of those rare moments. And he's also, he was still wearing his dress shoes. As The Rock yeah. proved to us way back in 99 or 2000, 
shoes slide like fucking ice skates on ice when they're in that ring on that canvas. Uh, so, I, you know, that thing that now is being called the stunner stumble or whatever, of course, by JJO, the fucking jackass on, on Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Ugh. Dude, he's 76. He's wearing dress shoes. He slid. He stumbled. It was what it was. We still got the end result of he basically. The point was Austin kicked his ass. Yeah. It felt like 1999 all over again. Which was what I was waiting on. The whole altercation with him and Pat McAfee. I was waiting on Austin. I was like, are they really just going to do all this? You know, obviously, and it made sense to do the, the McMahon match following for this reason. You got to get heat back on Austin Theory after you just took that L. And you yeah. put some heat on Vince McMahon by him, you know, being like, you know, this is how you get it done. And he's the one that gets the win. And it was a total fuck finish. So it's not like he beat McAfee, like he actually beat him up. It's a fuck finish. So it worked. And then, of course, that just leads to the happy moment of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out, gives Austin Theory a stunner that would make the fucking rock proud with the way he sold it. And, you know, we got to go home happy because Austin came out again on night two and beat up Vince McMahon. <laughs> Drink verbal Pat Mac because somebody got to get stunned. Somebody and... else got to get stunned. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my my only thing with that was just like last night, I asked why Byron had to be the one to get stunned. I mean, I, I saw it coming with Pat McAfee. It was like, okay, dude, you don't go celebrate with Austin. <laughs> like, no, you don't do a bird bash. It's like, why is it nobody? Why is everybody but Corey Graves getting stunned? Pretty much, because every every other fucking announcer except for Corey Graves has gotten stunned by Austin at some point. It's his turn, but. Please. All right. So that brings us to the main event. Yay. Whew. Okay. This match was not bad. It was short. It felt really short, but it wasn't bad. Like the IW, like I know the IWC going to make it out to be. There was nothing wrong with this match. Nor no. was it not even the ending. And here's why. Brock Lesnar has already beaten Roman Reigns at WrestleMania before. Yep. When he really shouldn't have. Yep. WrestleMania. They have now, this is now their third time facing off at WrestleMania. They've. I did a little bit of, of mental math earlier. They have faced off three times at WrestleMania, two times at SummerSlam, and two times in Saudi. And let's look at their track record. Brock Lesnar beat once. Beat him once at WrestleMania. The first one, you know, was the Seth Rollins cash in. So let's let's remove that one from the equation for record purposes. The next yeah. time they fought at WrestleMania, Brock won. WrestleMania. Yep. SummerSlam, the fatal four-way, Brock won. Saudi, Brock, Brock won. Steel cage match. Which technically, technically, Roman, Roman actually won. 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 But whatever. Record-wise, that's three wins for Brock. So let's look at how many times Roman has managed to beat Brock. 
once at SummerSlam, now mm-hmm. once at the last Saudi show. Yep. They were three and two. Now, technically, they are three and three. Yep. And from what we hear, Brock Lesnar ain't done. Oh. Brock is as scheduled at this point for the next two pay-per-views. Hmm. So, so Brock is putting right? in some fucking work. Okay. That's, that's, that's so, interesting. Now, why I'm really interested in Raw tomorrow. So we've gotten through the result. Roman Reigns won. Yeah. Um, what interests me, how are they going to proceed forward with the undisputed title? Because the Dirt Chiefs keep claiming, well, they're just going to unsplit the titles again right after WrestleMania anyway. If that's true, that tells me that this unified championship is only unified in the same sense that Becky did the women's titles, in that Roman yeah. is holding both, but they're going to have to get them off him in single title defenses. So how many pay-per-views will Roman hold both? Are they going to do like Becky and just take it to backlash and have him drop one and retain the other? Which one does he drop? Which one does he keep? Probably he would end up dropping the WWE title, which needs to go back over to Raw because the Universal title is fucking blue and needs to stay on SmackDown. Yep. And there's a lot of ways that they can get to that and get to Brock having his rematch. So, I mean, and, and you've got, and then in addition to that, maybe Brock's not actually going to beat him for the belt. Maybe Brock's just going to fuck him out of both belts. We've got yeah. challengers, two easy challengers on both Raw and SmackDown. For Raw, Bobby Lashley. For SmackDown, Drew McIntyre. No, nobody else right now is in contention for either title because who the fuck else is there? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of nobody else. I was just thinking that Brock not that they gonna have Roman and Brock gonna have one more singles match, but it ain't gonna be no title. Hopefully, mm, maybe, maybe not. There's multiple ways they can go with this. They could either take one belt off Roman, and you know, thanks to Brock screwing him out of it after he defended one, or Brock screws him out of both. And it's like there now. There's no title involved now. I just want to be Chaz. And that would still, I mean, you know, that would bring them to, I guess, a rubber match. Whatever. There's a lot of ways that this can go. And Brock is motivated because if Brock didn't like where they were going, if Brock didn't see fucking money in this, Brock wouldn't have been laughing in that match. Mm -hmm. Brock would have came in pissed off like he is any other time where he's not entirely happy with what he has to do. Brock is enjoying himself. Brock sees money and, in Roman, and Brock loves money. And thus, why this Brock one has been entertaining as fuck. So, I'm interested to see where they're going, what direction they're going to go in with the world titles. You know, are they just going to keep it unified? I'm Which I would, again, I've said before, and I'll say again, I would be perfectly okay with there being one world champion because you already have two mid-card titles, two tag titles, two women's titles, a women's tag title, and the 24-7 title. 
Yeah. Which can fucking die and go to hell, actually. But you have enough belts where if you did one champion and you do it right and never fucking ununify the belts again, because there's one WWE title, it would make sense. Like, the type the champion should go between shows and they should, you know, you do it for one program on Raw, one program, you know, for one month or two months. Next, you go to SmackDown and, and vice versa. And you can technically make that work because that way there's one undisputed top guy, whoever the fuck that is. And it would work. That would, yeah, that, that would definitely work. And then I could very conveniently in my video game go ahead and move that blue fucking monstrosity off my goddamn universe mode. Can't do shit about my rise, but I can get rid of that bitch on, on universe mode, damn it. <laughs> I've already done it. I try to keep mine semi-accurate for the most part. Mm. I didn't even make any changes to the roster in my universe mode because frankly, if you start doing things the way things currently are in WWE, it depletes an already depleted roster. The tag mm -hmm. divisions suffer. Because I did it in the last game, and I was just like, I have no fucking tag teams left. So I had to go make new tag teams, and that pisses me off. Um, yeah. the, the world title, it, you know, matched, you know, divisions now as they stand or low as fuck. The mid card division on by the standard, you know, roster is low as fuck, and I'm only making but so many characters. Like so, I went in and I I made the Draco character, I made Jarrell, and I made Marcus, and it's all I'm making for universe mode. That's not counting what's in my rise. My rise characters are totally new, made up shit. Yeah, but I only made those three in the universe mode. I'm not making no more. And the reason I did this, in case you're wondering, is because technically the rest of the Damone family don't belong to me. Not even Janelle. I used Janelle. I didn't create Janelle. She was created by somebody else. We just right. made each other family. So I did not bring Janelle back in this game, even though I've done it before. And I did not bring Zarell or any of his characters in. So I only added three fucking people to the roster. And I'm looking around, and the roster is still depleted. And for the record, one thing we didn't mention when we did the review on this shit. Mm. Have you noticed in universe mode that if the women's tag team champions go into a feud, they never defend their belts? I have noticed that. It's the same problem they had last year, and they did not fix it this year, and it's fucking irritating. You gave them tag titles. You put them in feuds that are tag team feuds, but they will not fucking defend the damn belts if they're in a feud. Make it that make fucking hurts. sense. That shit hurts. And, and then y'all added the NXT women's tag titles in there, but you didn't add any of the NXT women's tag teams, so they're fucking no. vacant. Pretty much. And they're going to fucking stay vacant because I didn't see the need for those damn belts anyway. Just so. Like, just like the NXT UK. Well, all of all the, the few NXT UK wrestlers there are are in NXT. Yeah, so um, 
I I will say though, them NXT UK tag belts are fucking gorgeous, and I want one. But yeah. Um, like those are actually I looked at those when I was looking over the different titles that were in the game and I was like, you know what? Legitimately, this is my favorite belt in WWE right now. Why the fuck do none yeah. of the other belts look as good? Yeah, that yeah, those fucking belts are beautiful. But um to get back on track a little bit, um WrestleMania to me, this has been fun. I actually enjoyed the majority of WrestleMania. Yes, I buried certain parts of it because they were fucking stupid, point, fucking pointless or whatever. Sue me. Like, that's the point of these reviews. But yeah. overall, I enjoyed both nights. I think as far as the best matches this year, the, they go to AJ and Edge, Seth and Cody, Bianca and Becky. Yep. And I think Bianca and, and, and Becky were my favorite overall completely. Like, that was just a testament to how fucking good they both were. Becky is so damn good at, at emotions and making it feel like that damn title meant something. I, like, I, that was just great to me. Like, the match itself was already fucking fantastic, but Becky's reaction at the end, that devastation, a lot of y'all missed that. You know, in these younger wrestlers, when you lose a belt, and especially if you've held it for a long time, you should feel some type of fucking way about it. It shouldn't just be like, oh, okay, well, I put on a good match. Let me walk to the back. No, bitch, sit there. Fucking cry. Pout about it. Scream. Throw some shit. Something. There is a reason why Becky is still the hottest fucking wrestler on the planet right now. Because she's that damn good in everything she does. And she's going to stay over, whether heel or babyface, because she's so damn good at playing a role. She really is. And Bianca is just nothing but upside. So that match was definitely my favorite with Seth and Cody as a very close second. And honestly, you could tie that with AJ and Edge for me. Because there was storytelling, wrestling. Imagine that, actual wrestling, yeah. telling a story, targeting body parts, bruh. Everyone needs to be looking at those matches like, okay, there, there is something that I can take from this because there's plenty to take. Those yeah. matches felt like main event WrestleMania matches. They felt like this is the biggest night of the year. My my inner fanboy is completely pleased because I got to see Austin wrestle another match. Then I got to see him come out and kick Vince McMahon's ass again. I know, right? And Austin looks damn good. For real. Like, I still, when he walks, he walks with purpose. It looks like he's coming to whoop your ass, and I enjoy that shit. All right. So, this has been mostly fun for me like i enjoy i did not feel and i do feel like too night two felt shorter yeah i noticed that like one two three four five six one two three four five six seven so there were seven matches on night two but they were shorter yeah there was, it felt time felt like it went by a lot faster for night two than it did night one, even though I enjoyed night one better. Oh yeah, and, and I am pleased 
the next year's WrestleMania will also be a two-night event. I said it last year, and I maintain it now. I like the two-night WrestleManias. I hope they keep them as two nights. That it works so much better. You mean you you can really promote things as main events now? You got two mm-hmm. nights. You know you can evenly distribute it. Like it works, and then it gives me a, you know time to decompress, do breaks, record these fucking shows. You know all that. So next year, and next year is in L.A. And if I can get to WrestleMania next year, I'm going because it's only a six hour drive for me. Not bad. Damn right. That way, all I gotta buy is the tickets and get me a hotel room somewhere fucking cheap. And I will, and I will Uber to and from whatever stadium they're in because I ain't fucking driving myself. <laughs> yeah. I've already yeah. discussed this with Sister Deer because somebody else is apparently that she knows is a wrestling fan. So we, I'm going. Damn it, I want to go. I've never been to a WrestleMania. I've never been to a WWE event. Period. I've only been, the only wrestling event I ever went to was the NWA seventy show. So the last the last wrestling event I went to was literally twenty years ago. So yeah. I know yeah, so I know how you feel. So if I can get, you know, these some good tickets to WrestleMania, if I can swing that, I'm going. You fly your ass out here if you want to. If you fly out here, I'll have a ticket waiting for you. You gotta fly okay. yourself out here though. Yeah, I can do that. So, that that would be an even interesting one if we can go to that next year and then when we're doing these shows, we'll be recording based on being there live. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, that would be fucking... That would be... Oh, shit. Yeah, that would be top-notch. All right, so, do we have any other closing thoughts for for this WrestleMania Night 2? Uh, nah, I got everything out I needed to get out and express how I felt. All right. Well, close this out then. Okay, I'll close this out. Okay, so if you like what if you like Draco and you want to hear more of him, uh, you can follow his podcast, Draco's Den, over on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Draco5. If you want to interact and overall anchor, you can leave him messages, comments, suggestions, whatever. And if you like, and if you're feeling them, hit that support button. Donate to the podcast, keep it going. You know, he got bill, he got bills to pay and all that. And if you're trying to interact with him on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Draco's Den, all spelled the same. That's where he's at. Now, if you want to hear more of me, yours truly. If you're listening to this on Anchor, my podcast is above Beyond Good Enough. Anchor.fm slash Beyond Good Enough. You can hit that support button if you like what you're hearing, and you can leave me messages, comments, all that good stuff. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, J. Aaron Torias. And if y'all looking for people to edit your books, Hit us up on Fiverr. Find more information there. And with that being said, I'm going to hit my usual spiel, our usual spiel. Ah, we are technically in a pandemic in Missouri. It is now an endemic. So just be responsible. Make good choices. Don't be assholes to 
anybody to anyone from Russia, anybody from Ukraine, anybody from China, or whoever the fuck you and your feelings at. Matter of fact, just don't be an asshole. Being kind will get you further. And with that being said, we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you.